Your show's rubbish. Acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne? Yes. <laughs> There's no answer. Sorry, oh, I just want to come in here. That is a you like you little little copycat. Because I came in the last show with, with a, a song. song. And you've come in this show. It's okay. But I did it in a much more tuneful voice, almost almost um, a tenor. I've got much more of a tenor. I've sort got of a deep falsetto. Voice. Falsetto. But yeah, welcome. It is the D Trout Spinners. It's a special show today for two reasons. One, it's just before New Year. It's the 29th, uh, but this will be going out, I believe, on New Year's Eve. And um, so it's kind of like a New Year's show, but also. Unlike any normal show we've done before, we are jumping out of sequence and we will not ever do this um, except for this special. But we are jumping out of sequence, way out of sequence, to go to the special shows. And we're reviewing both of them. today. They did two shows on BBC Two when they sat in for Jonathan Ross in 2005, way after the where we are now with our our reviews in series two so it's a different they're different kind of shows we're just going to review them both at once um but basically they're festive shows one was done just before christmas and the other one was done just before new year so they're festive shows so we thought we would cover that festive um angle and i think uh we had a patreon who suggested we do this as well. But uh, on that, Patreon, um, you know, we are on Patreon. Join if you want. It'll be great um, if you did, <laughs> please. Uh, well, I don't know what my next sentence was. We had a new patron, uh, Francis Cherry. Yeah, so thank you, Francis. So we've got uh, nine, nine, ten now. So, yeah, really appreciate your support. So, and if, that, that money combined is a really good night at the pub for at least one of us. Yeah, when pubs open in 2027. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, but with the interest, that our money mm-hmm, would be worth mm-hmm. well, about well, so you've got to take that into my mind. Yeah. Anyway, with the money that we have got, how are you going to be celebrating this New Year's Eve, Gaz? Gaz well, Meister. Uh, I still need to talk to you about that because I haven't seen any of the money and. Uh, it seems to be in your account. Now, I'll tell you what. OK, here's a little quiz. For listener quiz, right? What was Miles referencing there? Say it again. That money it's, was just resting in my account. OK, so, you know, it, it's it's not an XFM show. So I just wonder if any listeners. We've, I mean, we've, we do talk about it. A lot. We have thought about it before. I know, but I just want to, you know, email in if you get that probably reference. Probably not the first time I've made. At least one of us has made that. Game. I've made it about seventy-eight times. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I won't be. I'll probably stay in. I, I just, I That's don't surprise. like. Like when oh everything was open, I do get invites to go out on New Year's. Yeah. Not many, but I do get. I do. Two people say yeah. I want to come out. Not this year, but there's nothing going on. So, but usually I stay in. 
and uh, I go to I go to bed. I'm like Carl. I'm so like Carl with this. I'm not, but I'm not trying to be like Carl or saying no, this to, to be like, oh, notice. he's like Carl, you know. No, but genuinely, I'm like Carl. This go to bed at 9 p.m. What's the point in staying up, miserable old man? <laughs> That's me. Wake, but, wake at 12. Go to the toilet. Look at yourself in the mirror and go. Good, good that we made it through. Back to New sleep. Year. New Year. Yeah. I don't have any mirrors. No. Trust me, you can tell. You can really tell. (laughs) I'm looking a bit scruffy. Well, my hair's long and my beard's long. Well, yeah, it's just going to get longer as well. Yes, well, we we were talking about this off air, like we didn't get haircuts just before we went into tier four, and and that's another thing. So basically, obviously, we're going to reflect on the year a bit. Reflecting on the year is it's different this year and we, we we were saying off air actually when people do this people use cliches about it as well so we're going to try and steer clear of cliches but this year has been all about covid and or, or there's been other things going on actually some listeners have Name one. and they know well no i was thinking of where listeners said they've lost people and you know that so what i'm saying is there's other things to other people but yeah it's kind of it's been a very very strange year what you what you kind of i mean it's on a serious note how are you kind of reflecting on moving into a new year and looking back at this year well, in a non-cliche way? I'm actually doing things that brought me, brought me happiness a while ago. So today I made sausage and mash. Okay. Because um, I really fancy some sausage and mash and I haven't had it in a while. You want to eat bodger and badger? It, on a genuine note, if you are going to make sausage and mash, people, use some great Maris Piper potatoes and so add in a little bit of celeriac. And it just makes just makes a really sort of creamy kind of rooty sort of flavour. And, uh, yeah, I made some homemade gravy, some caramelised onion in there, just add, and some Yorkshire puddings. I've, I've been big on the Yorkshire pudding scene at the moment. OK. You can probably tell I've got way too much time on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the fact that I asked you to kind of, you know, yeah. reflect on the 2020 as a whole you know your experiences your thoughts your your feelings and you just get you just told me that you cooked sausage and mash today yeah and, and you put you, you put a little celeri- bit of celeriac in yeah but how Is much it? do you want that now you, are you, you thinking made... about it now no i've got oh no i haven't got a dominoes in the fridge and you don't have a chow mein because you ate them for your christmas dinner when everyone else was having turkey and no one does that on the christmas day ordinarily do they no i have got i've got something in the fridge i don't know what it is but you asked me serious though what I want to do next year, give up smoking is always there, right? New Year's resolutions, that's always there. That will never disappear until I'm dead. Yeah. Second one, uh, read more. I want to read more. Like Carl, I don't want to learn, but, well, you do learn as a result of, of reading. I want to read, like, at least, I don't know, a book a month. I think that's a good like thing to aim for. And also to do something that makes you proud or happy or just – it could be a little thing just every single day, whether it's, you know – I don't know make something new for dinner or something old like sausage and mash or yeah. do a podcast go for a nice long walk just you, do something I, I have... talk to other people about because something i have struggled around around this year is just the lack of things to talk about because there's nothing going on well actually conversely i think there's i mean i know what you mean like there's nothing nor like the you can't talk about what you did in the pub last night or what you where, where you went in general but there's lots going on. It's just contextualised in this sort of COVID bubble that the whole country is in. And it's like a lot of things going on related to COVID. So if, you've, if you're if you at home all day, 
it's boring and you think nothing's going on. You think you're doing nothing, but you're actually doing things and they're different to what you would normally do. You say like read a book, like that will be actually well suited to this time. But yeah. If it was a normal time, you probably wouldn't read a book a month. And I can I get tell don't... the I can tell the audience now, Mars will not be reading a book a month. I will, I've got I've got a book a month. I've bought them all. They're sitting I, there, how many? hiding up dust, and they will get touched. And I'm not even going to go for audiobooks because I normally go for audiobooks because I like. Have you have you got through Roger Red Hat yet, or is that to come? Roger Red. Yeah. Did you never but... do that? No, I'm not, because I'm not as old as you. No, I think they still had them around. It's not like, you know, like books, like suddenly after like the mm. books have been written, after that year, they burn them all. Yes, Fahrenheit 451. Roger Hat was the first book I ever read, and it was uh, basically it teaches you to read as a, as a four or five-year-old. Oh. And Jennifer Yellowhat. They they were a bit, they weren't that creative with their titles. Oh. But yeah, okay, well, you read a book a month, fair enough. But I think that I don't tend to make, news resolutions because they tend to be things that be less single you do yeah yeah exactly these are unrealistic goals do you <laughs> know what i mean well you set something realistic no that's not that's not my um my goal but i think that yeah 2021 is going to be a strange year as well because we i do, i haven't done this but i saw someone on facebook on friends of on facebook post this that he had because you know you can see where you are in line for the vaccine he's got a similar profile to me he's a bit older than me he's doesn't i don't think he's got health problems and he put in posted what it said and it said he was something like two twenty millionth in line and it would be roughly in june or july when he gets the vaccine so that's not about i'm not saying that like oh my god it's so far away i know it's going to take a long time but it is you know until you vaccinated a certain percentage of the country you don't get herd immunity so it's it's still going to be spreading up to July, June, August. You know, we're planning to go to Edinburgh again. I reckon that'll be cancelled. I hope it's not. I hope not. I mean, anything that isn't, I'll take any kind of social activity that isn't a Zoom quiz night. Although my sister's table present was a 90s and noughties music quiz. Well said. Just It was like a trivia music quiz with loads of cards. I steamrolled through that quiz. I knew every single answer a bar one or two. So I'm on cloud nine with my superfluous kind of understanding of that period's uh, hits and tits and tits and tits, shit parade, hit parade. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't have done so well in that. Nineties, yeah, but that's that's not my thing. But but yeah, I know what you mean. Your point about Zoom and like uh, this is all right. I find sort of this is better than nothing. Where we're we're skyping now. Yeah. That's how we do the show. We skype. Um, and sometimes when we've had a guest on, we are, there's a third person in the window. Oh, that's about the limit for me. Once it gets to four or five people, yeah, I'm just liking it. Who's speaking when? You know, you don't have these cues to kind of tell you that someone is because it's a slight delay. So you, everyone speaks yeah. over and then stops well, and then starts again. They've started well, again. Yeah, Miles and I never do that. <laughs> but but um, yeah, it's it's just we're just getting used to. But life, life is 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 different. But it's 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 in many ways it's it's still the same. It is. And for 2021, don't worry because there's going to be a lot more Detroit spinners and a lot yeah. more a lot more guests hopefully and hopefully. a lot more Patreon shows and some videos. That's, that's my ambition is to get Claire Sturgis on the show. That's my new New Year's resolution. Is to somehow get Claire on the show. We we you know you never know maybe maybe Carl but it's, it's unlikely. The show yeah. 
kind of resolutions just make it better make do it better, better. how better long stuff. we got yeah but we, no but we will we will be um going into episode 38 and episode 38 39 40 41 42 43 they're some of my favorite episodes uh, in a row um of the show and it's going to be fun reviewing them but for today as i say and we're going to get to it right now we've got the specials that they did in 2005 christmas 2005 sitting in for jonathan ross there's two of them we're going to review them both together and coming up we've got we'll have our favorite quotes We'll have a general discussion about the shows and what we think about them. Um, we'll have X of M in the community if there's been anything. But basically, it's been look, it's been Christmas, it's been New Year. You've all been busy. <laughs> we understand. So there's been less uh, feedback. But we so we will. Uh, oh, I did a poll last week, and I was going to mention it on the Patreon show, and I didn't. So I'll mention the poll. But X of M in the community is a little bit lighter this week, but it's still to come up. And apparently, we're going to put two songs in the library that i need to check my ipod for. well I'm, I'm actually going to be putting in two songs from this side okay. because i think it's i think it's gonna be nice for people to have the detroit spinners libraries when we put in our two favorite songs for that particular week and you can have that on in the background maybe as you're as you're seeing in the new year Wait, like when you do that do they are there all the songs listed on like can they click on the song from our our link page we've been through I this Gary. no i know but, <laughs> I, I, but I never yeah but you never explain it properly you find the song on spotify then you go to the little three what, what? The three ellipses next to it you click on that right and then it says add to playlist you add to the particular playlist that you want to listen to and then you will listen then when you go on that particular playlist in which case this one's called the detroit spinners library you click track one it will then cycle through all of them on in sequence or random depending on how you have set up your spotify and that is a feature that i like to call explain spotify to gary forrestal okay another one coming up next week because <laughs> i'll ask next week as well so but kick yes. us off yeah, I mean, I, I basically the shows happened in 2005, Christmas 2005, and they were like a one-off. And I think, I'm pretty sure, because they hadn't done a show since 2004, mid-2004, they obviously were being approached. And, and I know Jonathan is, is friends with Ricky, so I'm sure that's part of why they arranged it. But I think they had in their head at this time podcasting which was very new back then, but they hadn't done a podcast. I think this was like a test couple of episodes that they agreed to do because they had in their mind to start the podcast. And it, and it shows in the kind of quality of the shows. Basically, I think the shows are very good compared to a normal radio show, but they're not like the, say, from series two that we're reviewing now, the shows. They're, they're basically more... They're more they're more contrived um, than the shows, the natural shows that we're, we're reviewing still in series two. They have great chat about Steve's looks and Steve looks is always going to be a good topic to chat about. But on series two, which we're reviewing now in series one as well, to an extent, three and four, those discussions and topics came up naturally, whereas here they just basically say, you know, what did you think of Steve's looks right near the beginning of the first one? They they know it's good material and they're kind it's like they're using material that they already know works. And it's funny, but it's just not as good as listening for me to a show from series two that we're reviewing, or one or three or four. It's it sounds it basically sounds to me like a podcast, their podcast, but with music. There are differences. There are definitely differences, but it's it's very much, I think 
an early test. It's like a pilot episode in their heads, I think, for what they were going to go on to do, which was the podcasts. And I think that it's still got merit, but it's not it's not they're not as as entertaining overall. But they are good. There's some fun moments some fun lines, which we'll get to and things. One thing I did like is that we had a listener say last week that they had just discovered the shows very recently. They were talking about listening to them for the first time. And you can never recreate that. But with the shows, what I've found is if you give a long gap between when you listen, it kind of makes it, it resets it a bit. So it is closer to listening for the first time. And with these two shows, I haven't listened to these two shows for a couple of years. And I got that kind of new show feel. There were bits that I didn't quite remember what was going to happen. Whereas the ones we all listen to, we all know exactly what's going to be said and how it's going to be said and things. So that was a nice, a nice experience. It was almost like listening for the first time again, because it had been so long. But other than that, I was, you know, it was, they were just, they were just good. They were like the podcast, you know, but we've, we've decided to kind of review the XFM radio shows. And I think um, there's a reason for that. And there's part of the reason we're showing in this show, although they are good, you know, they're good, but they're just not, not what I would consider top quality shows, but they, they are, they do have merit and they are funny. There's some very funny moments between Ricky and Steve and there's some sweet moments as well, but we'll, we'll get, I'll get to them what i think about them but hmm. what what are your thoughts so I, I think first and foremost it's just a hilarious prospect to think that the bbc obviously is with ricky's profile it's not that much of a surprise that he got on but given the sort of shambolic nature of the xfm shows and at this point you know they mention it in the show you know carl talks about a leaving present he just left xfm at that point after a you know over 10 years of that station and so they knew what they're letting themselves in for but it's just it's so funny the kind of outrageous kind of product placement that they go they go along with you when know they talk about mentions of flanimals or extras on dvd and uh, also like just on the sort of note on the the sort of bias of you know having to play sort of center in that they they do sort of align themselves with certain political ideologies like Ricky talks about fox hunting at one point and he also says I'm an atheist and I'm trying to help him out when he's trying to do when Carl's trying to do his service. Well, he is. No I don't think Ricky's aligning himself with anything there. I think one thing Ricky is. Yeah, but you're not meant to do that though are you on on, on like the BBC you're not meant I to I think say you, you're allowed you're allowed to say you're against fox hunting what you can't do is promote an activist uh, gathering of anti-fox hunters and you're allowed to see. It is disgusting by the way I, I don't like fox hunting either let me just no, I, make that absolutely clear love it get some graphs <laughs> as well Is that fox no, I hate it. of course we, we we the detrout spinners does not endorse animal cruelty in any form and that's true but um yeah you know it's i i don't think that's that's naughty i i just thought, thought it's funny the silly things like when they're talking about what to call a willy yeah, you know, it's just, it's just. What did you call yours as a child? Oh, I was actually, I've got a question for you around that. Well, let's start with this chat, and you can, I will answer that. But there's a chat about, is it Steve going to? Who's going to the? Oh, you see, I think it's just they're just contemplating Carl going to the doctor with a with a problem there, and what would he say to the doctor? And then they get onto what would you call it? But that reminded me of you that chat because Mars has huge anxiety about problems in that sort of area and i would say generally i'll I'll acknowledge we all do to some extent with good reason but mars particularly i've spoke to mars for over an hour before about (laughs) problems he's got not indeed he doesn't go into too much detail but you know i um 
I, I know that that is sort of pertinent to you. So what did you think hearing that? I, I mean, what... do up my trousers now so you don't have to look at that lump. No, keep them under. <laughs> and do you know what? We've talked talk about, talk about this before. The main, I get so much comfort and reassurance whenever they talk about <laughs> issues, issues downstairs or any kind of going to the doctor's anxiety because I don't think it gets talked about enough. And I know there's this cliche that all men are hypochondriacs and that is kind of, warranted to be fair they you know have a litmus test of most men that I've, i meet most men are kind of like that but it is also quite a serious thing and it's nice to to hear it talked about and it is you can kind of because you can laugh about it as well when it's someone else talking about it and you can empathize i guess yeah 100 that's an interesting point so you you felt empathy because you felt well like it's like it, it yeah it's giving you that thing of it's not just me yeah it was like and this. also <laughs> hearing someone like ricky gervais which is hilarious yeah because it's just i don't know for some reason i could see him as quite a sort of um a tough kind of mentally and sort of physically in a yeah. way kind of person who you think oh nothing bothers him he's not we faced stand right in front of an audience seeing see i don't know seeing that vulnerability and to, to some extent authenticity of, of the, the radio there's no there's no pretending that i can imagine i know all of those stories would be 100 true and i i'm pretty sure they all do i mean for christ's sake carl had his prostate examined on on one on on the last episode of um an idiot abroad series two yeah yeah <laughs> i just can't that's yeah. that's entertainment and ricky's obviously doing it because he partly 50 percent cares and 50 percent really wants to see his ass on the telly <laughs> yeah well he knows how much he would that's his like ultimate oh, thing it's such but... a fantastic i'll put it i'll put it in this this show that description but that's it, yeah. that episode of an idiot abroad is just quality that is so <laughs> so funny that you were just in stitches half the time yeah well like that like like that was entertaining i found the chat not in a because we like one thing we're not is we're, we're not like um we we, we all one thing we are is a bit, bit prudish we're kind of we we're not we don't laugh at things like wheelies and you know funny words like that and, <laughs> uh, but um i found there the chat of when they were discussing what to call a willy was what i call a willy and actually that's my answer to your question i called it a willy I still so do. but that was one of the examples and there's a few of them on these two shows of old style xfm days chat and i i've written i've just written mm. it excellent i really like that because it just was so such a natural naturally flowing chat and it was it was nice i i it just reminded me of it took me back to the xfm days and uh you know they could still do it then so they well, they do that. and also they they talk about a lot of the stuff that they will then go on to talk about in in the podcast so there's the you know going to the shop with the russian wood that antiquities store in st james's street yeah ricky takes carl and there's a door buzzer but there's there's no point in being open because it's so bloody quiet and all this stuff is really fucking expensive my opinion is, i've got some strong opinions on ricky in this in these two sort of in this double bill i find him I do find him a bit of a great pretender. Like he does really try to sell this idea that he's into his antiques and he's really kind of like he knows a lot about history and philosophy and and all this stuff. And that's kind of an extension of that story. And I actually think Carl's saying some really funny stuff. I've always thought that story is quite funny. You know, yeah. what's the newest thing you've got in here? Like how often do you get new stuff in? And and and, 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 it's, and it's great point that you know what do you do when you run out because they're not yeah. making new ones. 
it's, it's a good point. I mean, it's, it's, a, funny it's a, very, point. It is a funny point. You know, it's, are... got an, it's got a legitimate answer, but it's still a very, very funny thing to say. But Ricky, there is something about Ricky's voice and and his like constant sighs and interruptions during these episodes that for me, and I know you're saying that you you kind of liked this to them. I actually got very, very frustrated with, with Ricky during these episodes. He did not let Carl finish loads of stories. For numerous times, he just calls him a fuck it. He just calls him an idiot time and time again. And what really was, you know, nail on the head was him interrupting him during Rockbusters. I found that excruciating and intolerable to the point where you've got Steven saying, you know, let him let finish. Him finish. Let's try no. And it's, and it's like Ricky's trying so hard to he knows what he's created there with that with that team of presenters. He knows what is created. And, but he is trying to artificially construct that sort of antagonism between them. And for me, it screams of inauthenticity, screams of falseness. And it just it's like when someone's eating on the radio, it's really unbearable to listen to. When someone can't even get their fucking sentence out and someone's constantly interrupting them. And, you know, Christ, I'm one to speak. But yeah. I, I do find it incredibly annoying to listen to. Sorry. I, I, I know. I um. I don't disagree. You're saying, oh, you like that chat. The bit I, I'm saying there's some examples in there of two or three minute bursts where it is like the XFM days. Yeah. But those are rare on these shows. And that, the first thing I said was this is like a gateway to the podcasts on the podcast. The only difference is there's no music and they would be calling Carl an effing C rather than an idiot, a bloody idiot, because they're kind of the language doesn't matter on a podcast. So. It, it actually it does matter like morally but it doesn't matter legally so it's it's very constructed uh as i said the chat about steve's looks at the very I, beginning i love that. Like, now, me, that now that i know i love that but it's again it's not a natural you notice in the xfm days it comes up because of other things that are being talked about the posters or something and yeah ricky still plays the role of tries to you know just he, he kind of um fans the flames but here He's not kind of, I wouldn't say he's even kind of fanning the flames of antagonism. I would just say he's just doing it directly himself. What's funny with Ricky is when he's getting Carl to wind up Steve or Steve to wind up Carl. Yeah. But that's not what's <laughs> happening here. He's just, he's just winding up Carl himself yeah. like by being, by being a bit obtuse. And yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. He's not, but I, I do overall f- find quite a bit of entertainment in the shows. You know, we, uh, there's no, we wouldn't have done these two shows if we didn't find them at least have some merit. And there is some merit to the shows, but they are so different. And we, people often say to us, well, they wish, you know, Ricky and Stephen Carl would come back again. That's an example of just one year since they last did a podcast, the, the decent ones, series four how much it changed now 15 years if you had 15 yeah. years that would change it would just be completely different so i don't want to hear them again in a room and, and this this podcast is an example of this sorry this radio show these two radio shows are examples of why i wouldn't want that but having said that there are there are funny moments and it, it, it it's generally if i was listening to it live which i didn't i would generally find it entertaining ricky uh, yeah the other thing about ricky he's a real he's a real i'm annoyed at his hypocrisy uh he and he doesn't he to be fair he states he says you know i'm an atheist but i'm i'm saying these things about religion you know to to teach kyle but 
the way he kind of courts and covets the interaction from priests and vicars that seems to there seem to be quite a lot few that are actually listening and one makes a very funny point that um you know when i've quit doing a job that where i work one day a week i'll sit on my ass and do bugger all all week or whatever he's a it's a very funny comment from one of the vicars but he kind of caught some now he has he has crushed them over the years not literally but through his rhetoric and kind of completely undermined them which i agree with ricky's sentiment on that the, uh, on his actual background i i agree it's not true in that sense but he's treating them with kid gloves and he's treating them almost like i don't know he's being a bit like disingenuous i think to kind of bring these priests in and pretend like he cares about religion he never pretends oh i believe it's true he's clear i'm an atheist on this show he's clear about that i don't have a problem with him being nice to priests on this show my problem is the hypocrisy that's come subsequently from his behaviour and rhetoric towards people of faith. So, but you know, again, I agree with his the underlying sort of philosophy that the of of religion that it's it's not useful or things. But I just didn't like how he was kind of coveting all those priests and vicars and kind of t- treating them like nicely, like he's a nice guy when, when it comes to that. Because actually, at times over the last few years, he hasn't been a nice guy when it comes to this stuff like that yeah he does make a point of him being an atheist you know uh which come up in the first time of many times after that it's funny because he doesn't really talk about on the xfm show i think as well like him he doesn't talk so much about his political leanings and his ideologies so much but from podcast onwards and especially in the stand-up you are getting that by the like the bowel load he is just, just saying just every other fucking sentence like and it's just i don't know there's nothing more boring than someone just repeating themselves and for me you know these episodes whilst i do agree with you there are there are things to enjoy in them but as a seasoned you know xfm listener i know all of these stories but then you've got to think who is this episode for you know it's well, not for know. it's wait, 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 wait. it's not for your xfm target audience who you know sort of growing up and listen to these people weekly this is for a completely new audience on radio too and they've got six hours to get across who carl is they kind of know who ricky and steve are but so the, these i i totally recognize that these stories are going to come up and you just have to sort of run with it and go with it. But it is also, you know, pretending that you're hearing the story of Carl being sick at the rampart or yeah. that Carl seeing that horse in the house. Again, what do you mean? What do you mean? You, you know what he means. They've talked to you. He's yeah. talked to you just about a million fucking times. There's but a, there a, are some, but those things would be really, really funny to uh, the, like a new audience. I, I think they would be if you've never, ever been aware of these guys before and you're kind of prepared to put up with the shoddiness. I think that's what you're kind, kind of banking on in it. You, you're counting on the... That's why I like the show. That's my favourite element of is the shoddiness. They did keep the shoddiness. They didn't. They didn't um, do it all like set and neat and things, which I wouldn't have liked. But I think that there's yeah, there's a lot of signposting going on the show. There's a lot of signposting from the past. So we take they take stories from the past. They also take things that aren't stories like from Carl's childhood, but like Steve's looks, and they know. But they kind of introduce them more formulaically i know i just said the show is unplanned and it is in general but they introduce things that they know were funny in those days formulaically you make a good point it isn't for people who've heard the xfm shows it well i'm 
probably it's for them as well but it's, it's they've also got to cater to an audience who doesn't know who Carl is and they do this introduction to Carl thing but it's and, and probably from those two shows which would have had listener figures probably 10 times higher than the XFM shows a lot of people to this day would have got into the whole body of work through those shows so I don't you know it's good that they place and that you know there are there is merit to them they're not terrible but it's kind of um just reminds me of yeah they take from the past and they sign post to the future so there's stuff they use in the future and there's stuff they use in the past i think they just use this show yeah. as a re as a pre-run for the podcast which they were already yeah. at the time and uh it, it it's sometimes works sometimes doesn't i think the bit that gave me most pleasure not the bit of the show but the the thing was that it had been so long since i'd heard it so, so to hear something new yeah probably gave me a well, more of an impression that i liked it rather than i would have normally had some of the best bits about this radio show are those stories that you haven't heard before like carl passing on the camera as a gift for suzanne xff yeah. he's been with xff for bloody ages and, and, really, present, and he brings a story up and he says this is in the Christmas Eve special. Can can I pass this present off as a gift for Suzanne, despite the fact that, you know, it was given to me by my past employer? And they get into a big old debate about it. But I yeah. just wanted to get your thoughts on it. It was like, what was it, a £250 camera? Yeah. He was anxious about, you know, unwrapping it in front of them and that Suzanne might be listening. And Carl will often do this, you know, when he talks about, you know, having a, a fat ass. And like Dave said, he'll often just put himself in deep water for no reason to just because I know. this what I love about Carl and you know a problem that I've encountered is because I'm a bit of an oversharer as well, but it can get you in so much trouble. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Well you we're very careful about mentions of any partners here. Well I don't have one, but so that's easy. But but yeah, I know what you mean. That that's that's a good bit of chat. I think my favourite bit is actually just to come to not my favourite bit, but another bit that's quite sweet that I hadn't heard before. I don't know if you've heard it before, but there was this story of Carl buying a catalogue for for the old. Yeah, woman. I love that. It's really sweet. Yeah, it's a really sweet story, and it's just it's just nice in the way the way you know they make try and make humour out of it, but actually it's just a sweet story. I, I'd never heard that before. I, I don't know if I've missed it in the XFM shows, but if you haven't heard it, probably not. My favourite talk of the show that sounded most like the XFM of the both shows that sounded most like XFM you're going to say this is like the most insignificant bit of audio this is like no well, this is classic Gary classic Gary is he will take because you you look over things with a microscope no, I but this at... isn't even microscope this is just this is just I love the talk the, the little the little dialogue they got into about the beige jacket with white with white pads yeah, on. That's I would say if you haven't listened to these shows, listen to both of in in their entirety. I would. There's value in it. But if you go, if you don't have time, go to the source out. I can't remember which one it's in now, but source out the jacket story. And uh, it's so it's they get into a little dialogue, and it wasn't. It's obviously not something that was planned. Oh, you know that jacket. And it's like oh that jacket. You see this jacket? Yeah, it's got it's got white bits on the hair. Yeah, I'm just going to the toilet now, but you can see yeah. that. <laughs> so I, I just just before I go to the toilet, you can see it, and it reminded me Notice of things like the jacket was on. 
noticed the fact that the jacket was on and it just reminded me of things like when they got into dialogues about the um it's a jacket it's a jacket the uh and and they say what what does he say like yeah i'm a 32 32 no don't don't discuss it though i'm 32 don't look at it now don't look at it now Um, it's just it reminded me of those chats and it was it was my favorite moment of the whole podcast that little bit of improv reminded me so much of um it's just jacket talk, isn't it? <laughs> you know, in The Simpsons with the Hanks. In fact, I didn't give him my coat. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> and, he's sitting, and he's got his coat on back to front. Yeah, yeah. I think I know that. But um, uh, yeah, our Simpsons podcast will be launched in, next oh, year. There's, there's too many so, Simpsons we, we could. We could do one. There's a, there's a great story as well, which is um very like an, an anecdote that they told on the Claire Sturges um, ones. It's talking about um, Ricky being invited to the palace. It's the same, <laughs> same anecdote. No, no, sorry, that's not. No, no, no. He gets to the Bowie House. He gets to the same anecdote. But that, the queen being invited to the palace is a new thing. But, but he kind of blends that, and he loves he loves mentioning his dinner oh. so much. And he, who who wouldn't in a way? But he really loves it. He went from the palace to the Bowie, and he loves telling that story of going to meet a friend the next day and saying he's saying, "What did you do last night?" Because I've heard him say this in interviews. I've heard him say it on the X Film shows. Heard him say it so many times. What did you do last night? And he says, okay. "Oh, nothing." You know, because he couldn't think of anything to say. So that again, that's an example of something that you know it's funny first time, but not necessarily funny the next time. Like chatting about Steve's looks. Yes, that's always going to be funny to some extent. But that anecdote where he talks, he says to his mate, "I did nothing last night." I don't want to keep hearing that. You know, I haven't. It's not like he says it all the time, but I just, it's not, it's not good enough. I've not heard that before. Telling. Oh, have you not? No. He he absolutely says it, uh, and way before then, I I thought it was on the X Fem shows. Maybe it's not. If you haven't heard it, it maybe it isn't. But I he's talked about that saying. I don't. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Okay, he if would. you haven't heard it, it's quite. Yeah, it is. A, no, I just love it because it's, well, it's it's just one of those things that Ricky Gervais has had that Stephen hasn't. Yeah. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. You put the same amount of work in. Well, you know, obviously Ricky was David Brent, and it's hard to then untangle the writing from the performance when you know he's so front and center and david brent is a popular culture icon he is so huge but didn't you get a kind of feeling of i got a bit of a feeling of a tinge of sadness when i heard steve say and it was true at that point he said he said i'm i'm you know after he said he's he's got invited to the palace he said i'm involved in all the work that you do except your stand-up and think of that statement now. No. Yeah. Think of how much now they've done apart. And actually, yeah, it's probably a good thing because we're saying, you know, the, they probably needed to go their separate ways. But, you know, it, was, it made me a bit sad now because almost everything after that, that, well, not everything after that, but they started to diverge. But the way they've ended up now, like Steve would say, we do no work together whatsoever. Maybe we will in the future. And I've heard him say say similar to that but it's just funny seeing or hearing him in 2005 say all the work we do is joint yeah and it's kind of a thing about it's a it's a it's a bit sad like about how duos and can kind of break up and friendships kind of break break up what are you trying to say gary what are you trying to say well i'm going i'm going off to make make my that american wrestling show (laughs) my my family (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we're gonna go our separate no but isn't that didn't that make you feel like oh uh, yeah no i i find i love i love talk about i've got such a fascination with duos and double act generally in the sort of politics that that go into play there 
I don't know. There, there's always it's always been tinged with sadness. My feelings for those two and what what happened, and you know, no one will really know. In in reality, I don't think anything has happened. No, it, I don't think it, it's, it's, it is sad, it. but it's um. What say, I do mental is that Ricky's being offered like I I saw like a bit in the newspaper the other day like he's being offered like five million to do a third series of Afterlife, and it's like what? No, it's it's actually more when you count um outside investors and things apparently like he, he i saw him interviewed and outside this big mansion it's a huge it's like a country estate yeah he said and he said to the interview and I, I, this is i don't i don't begrudge him this because that is kind of i don't find this that arrogant is he basically said this is what afterlife's bought me wow. this, mansion, this is what i bought so yeah he, he, you know the one thing about ricky is you can't say he's chased the money over the years because he oh. he's of oh like um andrew phillips told us and i'd heard this story before that he'd been offered i'd heard it from ricky uh, he'd been offered like something like three million to do a, a bourbon commercial or, or a whiskey commercial something like that and he said no I don't, i'm not doing it so and and he's earned that money and more through doing work that he believes in so that side of ricky i do i I don't begrudge him making so much money now, even on something I don't particularly like, because yeah. he's never chased the money. And that's one thing you can say about Ricky. I think that he's, he's but when I listened, because I had a bit of an office binge um, after our little Patreon episode, still available, by the way. And I went back and I I, list, I watched loads of The Office again. And, and obviously, always, always is a pleasure to watch. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to I'm going to hang around here. And I watched uh, Feeling a Bit Festive, obviously, because of so, <laughs> I'd also yeah. ran out of our royal family to watch as well. Oh, yeah. been on Got to do the royal first of December. Yeah, if you're not from uh, the UK, please do check out Royal Family. You won't regret it. But I watched the Extras Christmas special, mm-hmm. and my God, it's so incomparable compared to. Yeah, you can't go to. They're so and how, I don't know. It becomes incredibly obvious that Ricky Gervais is then making a point if about fame. He's obsessed with this idea, idea by fame. I think you would be if you fell into it that quickly. But it's, I don't know, it's just that thing of get some more ideas. I can't, that that episode was literally rife with cliche. And, yeah, but and to be just, fair, it, it, was, it, was a, it was supposed to be a theme running for extras. I'm, you're more of, you've always been more of an extras fan than I have. I think some of it's funny. The I funny think there's thing, some really funny, funny bits yeah, in it, funny, but funniest thing about extras is the outtakes they yeah, are they are classic yeah they are um, unbelievably funny but um i don't you know it's just you can't compare it to the office um and if you do watch it directly after watching the office it's probably the worst time to watch it because you know you're you're seeing what they did do i don't and again i don't begrudge them for the second piece of work together on tv not being as good as the office almost nothing could have been but yeah he does hammer home that point of fame and i, I always remember the scene in the extras where because he makes this point about catchphrases catchphrases and he, he kind of makes it sometimes on the xfm shows you can see the early kind of genesis of the ideas for extras some of them in the xfm shows you know they're sitting in the audience with with the um Little Britain catchphrases on their T-shirts, like there's ten in a row of them or something. He he made that point several times throughout the episode. Then you've got that, the visual, and it's like, yeah, people get into catchphrases in a way that's silly, but not they're they're not as obsessed as you think they are. Like he's his his obsession is not about fame. It's almost about people, normal people who aren't famous. And what they pick up on, what they kind of gravitate. Well, I don't think that's. I don't think it's his right. No, it's to say that, though. You don't think what? 
I don't think it's his right to say no, that, so that. That is the point I'm making. I, that's the exact point oh, I'm, right, okay. I'm saying. I'm saying he's making a point about not about fame as such, which he does have some authority to speak about. But he's making a point about how people who aren't famous gravitate towards silly things. And it's it's not, you know, these two people in T-shirts in the audience. It's like no one. Yeah, there might be one or two people who do that, but they're not. People aren't that stupid. And uh, yeah, my, my exact point was it's not his right to make those points. He can make the point that some people do, and it's fair enough, some people do. But extras isn't really about fame. It's about people who aren't famous and what they gravitate towards. And uh, that, that part of that, I've always thought that about extras, and that part of extras I don't particularly like because it's like, well, one, he, he doesn't know what people are like, what people gravitate towards. Yes, people do gravitate towards silly catchphrases. That's true. Some people do. But in general, it's like he's he's mocking the general public or the G. Yeah. Do you know, in, in uh, if you're famous, you, you say GP. What, like as in general, like general practitioner? Public. No, general public. That's how you talk oh, right. about the GP. There's, uh, oh, yeah. Oh. They say, oh yeah, the GP. That's really uh, annoying. Out of my house today. Yeah, I know. It's angry. but that's that's what Ricky's making a point of in extras, and that that I never really like. And also, it's just not as funny as The Office. And so you know, when you combine those two things together, I don't. I just, just don't think they can do satire as well as as other people, as Chris Morris, as Armando Iannucci. They can do it, but all those jokes they make, and you know. <laughs> XFM again. What oh, could be a satire? Satire gonna be on. Never mind. Be on. Have I got news for you? I just don't think they're as good satirists as as they think they are. It's good to have an idea, uh, but to run with it for as long as they did, mm, I don't think. I, so. I I think they're very good satirists when working without a script and just riffing, and they can do little little sudden dialogues between themselves that are good satire. But yeah, taking a a piece of satire and making it a narrative through a, a TV piece is not their strong point. It's not the office isn't satire and it's, it's, it's much yeah. better. Yeah. I don't, I think they, I think they're a bit can come across a bit preachy and the, basically the way I'd describe this, these two shows that were just to get back to the two shows that we're reviewing, they're kind of a bit like a good episode of extras. Whereas what we're reviewing now is like the office. Which is the, you could, if you're comparing, sort of putting, you know, comparing them to TV shows, they're not the same, I know, but that's how I would see it because we're doing classic episodes at the moment that are brilliant and timeless in general from series two, and now we've we've come to just do this special, these special shows, and it's it's a bit like it's it's quite funny because at the end of these shows, at the very very end, and they go to um <laughs> some of the correspondents from what would have been their regular listeners from the Jonathan Ross show. And they go, yeah. Ricky Gervais, all you do is slag people off. You're rude about the world. I'm surprised people listen to you. To you. Yeah, no, that's good that they still read that out. I mean, it's that great they... because it's just, I, I love I love that too. Because loads of shows only read out the good stuff. So it's great when you, when you get stuff like that. Yeah, no, uh, but John Robbins and Ellis James, you've told me this, are, are good at doing that. And oh, I've always right. I've always thought that's a, that's a very a sign of a good show, a confident show. You know, someone made the point as a listener that Ricky is ultra sensitive to criticism. And I don't think that's quite true, but there is some merit to that. But I think it's it's very specific things. Ricky is actually very comfortable 
with criticism from certain quarters about certain things that actually are quite personal. So it's not just one criticism that doesn't matter. You know, he will take stuff about his weight from Steve or, or listeners. He'll take stuff like the stuff at the end of the episode from listeners and he'll actually embrace it. He embraces it. But what he doesn't like is if you criticise, it's almost like he takes it as a criticism if you like Lowry, you know, oh, how dare, and you know, you can't criticise, or like, I'm I'm obviously right. I take that as a personal insult, you know, that you don't follow exactly what I believe in, in terms of the world of art. So he's, he, and he's can be ultra sensitive, you could say, in that regard. But in general, he's not sensitive to criticism, I don't think. And that's a good example of it. And again, that's a, one of the highlights of the show. I, li- I, no, I, agree I love it when I read out stuff like that. Um, as we approach our, we're going to have a little break, I think, soon. But as we approach our sort of quotes and a bit of XFM in the community, I thought it might be quite nice, Gary, as we reach this sort of period where people are being quite reflective as we... Do you have a Wogan's thought for the day? Oh, the thought for the day? Yeah. Something, uh, something you could just leave the listeners, the DJ Out Spinners with for their sort of continued support throughout this time. Their, you know, the, the slowly increasing listener figures... Um. Uh, oh, you've got me there. I, well, I want to, obviously it's something quite profound about the year. I'm thinking about 2020 in general. I would say always cover leftover pizza with foil and not cling film. We'll see you after the break. <laughs> Dinners. Um, we just had a little break there. A little Mars, Mars is munching a little chocolate Yule log. What is that? Chocolate straw. It's, a, it's like a wafer. Um, oh, do you remember those? What are they called? Oh, this is a bad way to come back. <laughs> no, it's okay. Go, go on. It's, remember, like they're like a wafer curl with some cream in. They're nice. I don't remember them, but yeah, you've been eating a lot of sweets because it's reminded you of being back home. Usually when I'm at home, I'd be eating like a little bit of a cake or, I don't know, some profiteroles or something like that. You know, you've always got something on the go, haven't you? Like at Christmas, always those unopened. It's monster breads. (laughs) But this year, my my sister kindly sent me some yellow belly, like Haribo sweets. And I've got a little bit of a sweet tooth after you've had your dinner, whatever. And I'll normally nosh on a few of them. I'm just worried about this will now be my new Christmas tradition that when I <laughs> I will always just go to glute glute like um sort of pig fat sweets as opposed to a lovely bit of Christmas pud say a bit of gelatin yeah a bit of gelatin as opposed to like a lovely thing like this could be and when we look back and I'm eating those yellow bellies in the future I'm gonna be going oh that was that was Christmas 2020 when I was all alone that was just me there sitting there and drinking apple cider who could 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 or could not sponsor us it's totally up to them yeah my, my tradition has been ruined but hey traditions are there to be broken and we don't have to stick to our traditions do we no and that's the thing about traditions they are our traditions each and every one of us has different kind of traditions and they evolve and develop over time but what is a tradition say for example eating brussels sprouts i don't do that because i don't like it so you don't you can pick which traditions apply to you and which pertinent to you why don't you like brussels sprouts i just really don't like them and i like bitter food i like bitter vegetables i like like broccoli but i just don't like brussels sprouts i'm just saying that we can have like if you 
Haribo yellow bellies every year from now on, and that became your tradition. That's okay. I mean, it's probably not okay for your spleen or whatever. Wherever spleen? The... Well, yeah, because it is it, insulin. Okay. It's uh, it, traditions are very personal to us. So you know, you can have that tradition. I'll allow it. But please don't Thanks. eat any more on the show. Uh, oh, we had to re- he had to re-record a little bit because he was munching as he was, as he was speaking. <laughs> anyway, so let's do. We're just going to wrap up now, so it won't be too long. We're going to do our favourite quotes from. Don't be uh, too excited about it, Gary. Christ. Oh no, no, sorry. I was, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm underselling it as usual, but um, it really isn't worth listening to. But if you want to listen, we're going to do our favourite quotes. Okay, I'll start off. I'm doing mummy now. We'll leave it. I yes. love, I love that Ricky's talking about how he intends to shave millions of listeners from Jonathan Ross's show, which actually he probably did do and intended to do. Yeah, but I know he never did. He always talks about that, doing stuff yeah. like that in XFM, and he actually, actually, in all seriousness, by saying stuff like that, you gain listenership. Oh wow, that that presenter just said that. I'm now going to become a, a because it's so funny. Well, there was that story, wasn't there, from like Stuart Lee? We're both a big fan of Stuart Lee, and I think seen a lot. Seen them live together. Yeah, seen them live together. Uh, but I think a lot of uh, fans of this podcast will probably be aware of um, him and his stand-up. But there was one year he did um, one of his tours. He put a quote from Ricky Gervais saying how much he loved it. But what was Stuart Lee will always do? He's all he'll always put really good, critically acclaimed comments against ones that are really disparaging and slagging slagging him off yeah. <laughs> from people because. Because, you know, it is, you know, that sort of self-deprecation, things that are quite standard for, like, the British psyche and that, that sort of sense of humour. Well, we, we were talking earlier about Ricky um, highlighting the uh, emails from listeners that were disparaging and kind of that's... Ricky, Ricky's good at that. Now, actually, Stuart Lee's much better. And, and one thing Stuart Lee... And I think the point you're going to make is that Stuart Lee says about Ricky Gervais himself. But Ricky is also good at doing that. What's your quote? OK, this is right at the beginning where they're just slagging off. Um, it just it's happy Christmas and that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I've got I've got about eight quotes. Five of them are from the first five minutes of the first <laughs> I had, show. I had exactly the same, but I thought that's too much. But no, I'll, but I've just gone for it. This one was just something that made me laugh, and it was from an email that they got him. I once got a frozen box of fish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that poor bastard. The guy, the guy who got crude oil as well. Yeah, that's that's very funny. What kind of what kind of oil does he like? Yeah, um, that, that's good. Though. It made me laugh because I was just thinking about my stepdad, who who was a HGV driver, unfortunately has been made redundant this year it's starting to bring the mood down isn't it but he wants I remember once he got you know most people get a bonus don't they if you're a paper boy if you're a milkman you might get a, like a sneaky 20 or if you worked in a bank like you did you might get a bonus whatever he got like a Christmas ham and it was it was just so that is like quaint. a it was just so quaint and Suffolk because that is such a Muppets Christmas Carol thing that you get treated to a nice <laughs> <laughs> Christmas closed He's not going to be like Tiny Tim this Christmas. No. He'll be feasting on ham. Feasting uh, that is that, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I, I know you would have put this in, but you probably took it out because it's like too many from the beginning. But I just love it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't paint a picture of that. <laughs> It's great, great luck. But again, it's like it's more pre-planned, and they knew he knew what he's going to say. Like in the in the early days of XFM, he he never knew what he was going to say about Steve. He just kind of he just rolled with it, and it, that's why it's so funny. Uh, having said that, it's still really funny. It when, is. 
But Steve's reaction to that isn't as he doesn't jump on it as much as he normally would do. Okay. Why are you doing that? I didn't sag you off. No, Why but are you think, doing... think of it. Think of it just from a personal point of view. Like it, and and I think this this is human nature and human psychology. So I'm not criticising Steve for this. I think this is totally understandable. Steve, by that time, Steve was far richer, more famous, and more successful in his career. I think that kind of mitigates people having to go at you so I, I i don't think he's as bothered because he's done so well for himself they actually made a character on extras that he played that was that played up to his physical characteristics like he made millions of pounds from it so yeah, i think he's more comfortable than he was in the xfm days yes i know they made the office but it hadn't gone stratospheric yeah. when you're not as successful and someone's just insulting you you, you feel quite bad but when you're quite successful he kind of dealt with it in a yeah a, a way that was kind of knowingly trying to stir some comedy but yeah he's he's not as bothered clearly no. and i think that's partly because of his success now one of my and it's not even a quote it's a sound <laughs> it's he's got some fantastic rock busters in this they're so funny yeah. but when he's talking about well, that uh, preserve or that jam isn't isn't sharp enough and he goes <laughs> it's just that the, the slap of a tongue against the mouth will always make and he does it just as he goes into another song as well goes yeah that, yeah, I, yeah I didn't know and Ricky Ricky cracks up but just that sound alone it's, it's, it was like when Ricky does the frog boy he goes look it's frog boy like, yeah well Ricky does those sounds all a bit I just with radio obviously you are just capturing people's dialogue largely on you what they're saying but it's everything else that you <laughs> largely unrecognise but I've got quite a juvenile sense of humour as well sometimes and just the sound of someone going well or no, that's so funny in that like it's almost ASMR and how funny it is yeah. it's just the thing I like about him doing that is that which I didn't kind of pick up on as much as you but now I'm thinking about it like and we've talked about this with audio actually audio can paint a better picture sometimes a more complete picture than tv because yeah. or visual you obviously the audience are having to complete a lot of the picture themselves with when they listen to audio but all but audio can guide you to a more complete picture of something that's more in line with what you want to see than tv which which kind of very clunkily can push you onto seeing something and thinking something at the same time um, and visualising it in a certain way. Whereas actually an audio, you're far more free to do that. And the, the reason I'm making this point is because just that little... That is a great way to let the audience kind of imagine the sharpness because it because it genuinely that's the sort of thing you that is what you do yeah and imagine as you as you as you're listening to that you're thinking without knowing it consciously you're thinking yeah yeah, yeah. oh god yeah that's sharpness yeah yeah i know Have i know you what you mean. Seen that? like um uh when you when you look at foley artists uh who work on films and you look at some of the the items they use to make those what, what sounds, is a foley you know? artist so foley artist is someone who is 
who like it says basically someone who works in sound who creates sounds using everyday objects to add to the sound design of a film so you know the sort of clippity clop of a oh that's coconuts yeah it's coconuts right the the sort of main one that i always come back to is you know the sound of an egg being opened on jurassic park and you know that's literally just someone's hands in a bowl of petroleum jelly going really but just knowing that and I, i'm fascinated by this sort of stuff i wish I'd, i would have liked to have done something like that actually i think it was such a fun creative job to do yeah to look at sound. it's such an art and precision to it i think it's really fascinating but that's why i love audio and radio i think it's i, I love just the intricacies of it and the yeah as i say it's 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 more fun than tv mm. tv's great it's got a place i love the office we, we talk about the office all the time but fills in a lot of the gaps for you and actually sometimes it's more fun to fill in those gaps oh, absolutely. yourself yeah. but guided by good audio um anyway so uh, is it my go yeah what did you look like as a baby because <laughs> i told you i took a lot from that first five minutes <laughs> you did like, that's it now. i've got a few more but they're not for okay me. that's good i've got two more so the, were they for his christmas or his birthday that was my next one that oh was it really <laughs> no, i mean it. brilliant brilliant joke surprised that no one had made it until of my knowledge until that because yeah. carl's kind of the first because that that is a great that's that's one of the examples where carl's doing an actual real joke and it's very very funny and also that whole bit is very very funny actually you know they're the three wise men they, they, they do that so well don't they, they I, do. I, I, I spent i spent a bit more what do you get uh <clears throat> gold what is the son of god i want to impress him that, that, that is very funny yeah they're very, good. they're very good that's that that is again it's one of that's one of the few moments that i was talking about earlier on these two shows and there are a few examples of it's xfm days you you're back that's that's xfm chat that they would have had back then it's the same it's not i'm not saying they're copying what they did for i'm saying it's in the style kind of imaginings of of how it was back in it can i say actually something right who do you think was responsible this is actually quite a good question or it might not be but see what you think who was responsible for that kind of loss of the XFM magic? Was it down to Ricky, Steve, or Carl? I don't think we should answer that, but I guess it works as a question. I, my own thoughts is I don't want to influence people, but it's Ricky. But Ricky is by far the most responsible for why it was good in the first place. It's hard to criticise him. He is. It is, it, it is so Ricky. Carl could have sat in on other shows. It would never have been anything like this. Steve is important. Carl is important. They're both important, really important. But Ricky is, and it's not just because it's the Ricky Gervais show. I, ju- I just believe that Ricky's most important. But Ricky then came to use things again, reuse things. He came to be ultra aggressive to Carl rather than funnily, like in a funny way, um, antagonistic. He was aggressive. He became preachy, but he was he was responsible for why it was good. So, you know, it's it's, it's yin and yang. But yeah, email in your thoughts on that and uh, we'll read them in the spinners new year. Spinnerspodcast at gmail.com or tweet us Spinners Podcast. Gary, what's your next quote? At no point was their surname mentioned. <laughs> Again, really good point. What yeah. would have Adam and Eve been? It would have been something like, um, what was the name of the garden? Eden. I reckon it would be like Adam Eden or Eve Eden. Are you actually contemplating what Adam and Eve's surname would be based on where they lived? 
Yeah, well, could you not it, be named after like your occupation or where you lived? Well, in those days, yeah, but they didn't have. That's the point. In there were only days. two people. Yeah, in those. <laughs> days. There, were, there were only two people. Remember, it's in the whole world. It's so to know that, like, they had sex and they weren't brother or sister, and then but their, their brothers and sisters did. Sex. Yeah, he would have had sex with his mum, which means I've had sex with your mum at some point. What mine? You? Yeah. Say, um, I can tell you something now. You have not nor will ever have sex with my mum. There are many reasons for that. Now, I'm not saying that as a, like a mum thing. It, it could, you could have been in with a shot if it was a different mum, but not with mine. But yeah, I, I, it's almost... Yeah, I don't like those sort of jokes, by the way. I just made it as, as a like passing comment. I don't do not like those sort of jokes. The way you're describing you're the... it, it's almost like the Bible didn't happen. I've just got... Well, I've got two more. Okay, killing time and that. I can't, I can't even remember where that is situated can you remember that killing time and that i think it's just before they go into a song and and this is one i love it's not fun like there's no laughter and it's not supposed to be a funny line it's just i just love it it's just so earnest it just when he introduced he just goes all right kate bush and that what he goes <laughs> kate bush. it's not even like a laugh out loud line it's no just, but that's I, so carl isn't it yeah. my last one is as we wrap it up which in a way i can use because i can say what time is it Carl being so concerned about what he's buying Suzanne for Christmas. He buys her a watch only so he knows what time it is. No, he's not saying, he's saying like, actually, it's more thoughtful than what I usually get her. But actually, having thought about it, I can actually use the present as well because I can ask what time (laughs) it is. But that's just his funny way of saying it. I know. If you've got your favourite quotes, spinnerspodcast at gmail.com. Or tweet us. Or Twitter, which is Spinners Podcast, which is what uh, these lovely people did for our next feature, which is XFM in the community. Well, listen, we we do it properly. XFM in the community. That's how that's how it says it. We, got, we should say it like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, what you got? What you got, Gaz? What you got? What you got on the plane? Well, what, is, what is this feature as well? What is it? Well, this is where we go through feedback that we've received uh, in, in, since the last show, and it's as uh, easy as that. It's as simple as that. There's less because it's um been christmas and new year and everything but i did a well, poll they don't care on... anymore they just don't care let me just trash. read it out i'm being like steve now like, All right, sorry. Being like you know. so i did a poll um on christmas day merry christmas to you all we know it's a different and strange year for sorry it's different and strange for us all this year but whatever you're doing we wish you a happy and peaceful day garlic bread and then i put kings of leon or best of bob marley and i just noticed now when i come back to it and someone's commented in the comments quite rightly what artist is called bob martley and i've favorited because i actually put bob martley instead of bob marley kings of leon 28 percent best of bob marley 72 percent so i think we know where where our audience is is leading you've got got to think about all the recording time you've got to think about all the marketing and that you've got to think about all the soul and you get the good to give that just give you that to you for free just give it out it was free um so yeah i'm not gonna pay you for the work but here's a little something for you here's a little something for you another comment i wanted to read now this is like in the early days we used to read comments from general comments about the show not to us because we weren't getting any comments um this is a comment that uh you miles 
retweeted. So this is a comment from Rebecca, and she's just tweeted this. She didn't tweet at us, but she tweeted, we've retweeted it. It's just a nice little way to end the year, nice comment to end the year with. There's a whole cult following, me included, of people who listen to Ricky Gervais' XFM radio show from 2001 to 2004 to fall asleep. I listen every night. Well, that's lovely, Rebecca, and we retweeted that. And I made a comment to you about the fact that it's got more likes than our tweets get already. <laughs> but she's got no <laughs> But anyway, that's a separate point. We'll deal with off air, really. No, I, but... I, I completely agree, Rebecca. And again, we've we've mentioned this so many times. A lot of people use these shows to go to yeah, sleep. Yeah, I've, not, I've... Not our show. I mean, you literally would be put to sleep listening yeah. to this show. But the XFM shows, you'll be sort of going to sleep with a lovely little smile across your face. And you'll wake up in a lovely mood and feel good, uh, happy for the rest of the year. Well, Just... I, I always I always like when I fall, fell asleep to the XFM shows. I, I, I use Pointless now, the game show. But I... I still listen to the XFM shows a lot, but I don't go to sleep usually. It's like, it's really funny when the the, the dialogue uh, that's being talked about weaves itself into the narrative of your yeah, dreams. That's nice. That's nice. Um, XFM dreams. That's that's a good little question. Yeah, well. yeah, wonder, yeah. If, wonder if we get into that. Um, just just a couple from me here. Uh, a couple from our, our, our lovely Patreons. Uh, if you do want to become oh. a Patreon, I won't, won't keep going on about it, but you know, we are there. And if you want extra shows, I've done a couple already. Um, Video clips. We'll put, we haven't got any on there now, but we will. Yeah, so. Gary's done some poetry and stuff. But just just a just a couple. Uh, this is from Daisy, and Daisy said, "My boyfriend uh, had his own Victoria Plum moment this year. He bought me a history book, took me to Waterstones, and declared, couldn't think of anything worse than reading a history book. He still wrapped it up. Sick of it. Oh, that's bad, yeah. isn't it? Sick of it. Yeah. Well, that's the opposite to you because you're you want to read books, not history books. Can I have it? <laughs> can I? Can oh, I have it? Please? Do you know what? It is the worst of buying presents. It really is. My girlfriend, yeah. you know, I bought her um a lovely sort of fancy vase and from some gloves from 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 Italy because <laughs> it just couldn't. Be, I was like um a vase. You know, you know that a vase. You bought her a vase. Yeah, but an expensive one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but you know my girlfriend's an interior photographer. That's what she does. Oh, yeah. So she's she's gonna be into all that shit. I'm not. Yeah, she can um, photograph that vase to show the shit out of that vase. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? But no, it was it was more of a case of you know I'll just give you some what you want. You know, tell me what you want, and I'll, I'll do it. Not like I was watching like I told you the Christmas specials of The Office, and it's that horrible boyfriend of Dawn's. Oh just, yeah. yeah. Great character. Work, work out what she spent. Took that out of the account. It's like. Oh, that's so. He's I mean, such I'm, a great. I'm, him I'm, and Finchy are so. They're great. They are just on a separate point. They they are written so well, and they are hard to write characters that are quite that obnoxious. But the and they also they're very important those two characters because they they contextualise Brent as not that bad really because these are we're going to display to you um, behaviour that is much worse. Uh, it, during the series through yeah. uh what's his name yeah what's his name the boyfriend of dawn i can't remember and uh uh and finchie actually brent's not that bad sorry that's point yeah no i agree and the last one from uh 2020 is from david let me do a run-up on this one it's from david mcgurr now david yeah, sorry david did, i believe we owe you an apology he said um it's david mcgurr lol Love you guys. Hey, David, we love you too. And thank you so much for becoming a Patreon. So your very kind contributions. And to all our listeners of this year, can I just say from from me, MP, thank you very much. 
I owned it to one job. Look, um, thank you guys. We so appreciate you of all your kind of words of support um throughout the year, whether you've got in touch with us on email, on Twitter, however you did. We honestly because I think when we both started this show, we, we didn't really think anyone would listen. So it's been great to see this little community develop and and expand throughout throughout this time. And I'm really excited about the future. I'm excited about uh, editing this show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the other one. yeah, I yeah, no, I echo that. And I, I think that, you know, th- it's fair to say this podcast has kind of evolved in a way which we just which we didn't expect. We, we just imagined we would always be meeting at my flat, uh, a pub in London, a pub in Brighton. You know, we'll be recording live. We've had to transition to Skype and it's, it took a while to get used to, but hopefully, you know, we're, you know, we're used to it now, but there is still kind of the odd audio issue. So we apologise for that, but obviously there's there's not much we can do about that because we're forced to do it this way. But I enjoy it just as much, actually. I enjoy it as much as when we started. And that's the thing. And it's arrogant when people say, who produce something for other people and say, well, as long as I enjoy it, that's fine. You know, it's not fine that I enjoy it, but I do enjoy <laughs> doing it. And I can speak for Mars. I know we, we both genuinely enjoy doing it. And it's it's kind of, it's nice that people listen, Yeah. get in touch give feedback you know and uh keep keep doing it and we we 2020 is over but we've roughly been going a year as well about a year and a month so it's kind of it's been our anniversary time as well for the show so to see how it's doing after this year is really encouraging we really want to grow the audience with, with there's there's always going to be a ceiling there's always going to be because not many people have heard of the shows but we want to grow it to people other people who are mega fans of the show so if you do know people who are just getting into the shows or are already into the shows you know do tell them about our podcast and and let them know and uh yeah hopefully they can uh, listen as well but you know we really appreciate you guys for listening and getting in touch with us and tweeting and things like that but just on twitter to like more of our stuff my last message um, of 2020 can i just say sure. to you as a, as a personal note to you gary Thank you for being such a great contributor to my podcast as well. <laughs> oh, Mars, oh, Mars, it's an honour. And it's and also, an I, I really, I can't wait for these tears to be a thing of the past and for all of lockdowns to be restricted, not just for me, but for everyone, so that we can all meet up and have a laugh. And, and hopefully... Sorry, I just thought, imagine it, because you said not just for me, but for everyone. Imagine if all the tears were lifted but just for you, no one else, just for you in the That'd world, be fantastic. The but no, hey, it'll be great. I can't wait to do shows live with you, Gary, again, because yeah, obviously we did one this, 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 year, is, didn't we? this is fine. But, you know, we are used to doing things live and in person. And I miss going out for drinks with you and going out for a Thai curry with you. And I also, I'm really excited to do, hopefully, finger, fingers crossed, in the future that we can do some live events for all of you uh, Detroiters out there. And we can all meet in person. That would be, wouldn't yeah, that be a lovely we, thing, Gary? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to do, be doing lots of live events, but we thought of one, you know, get together with listeners. And obviously, we can't do it at the moment. And we probably can't do it as soon as, as, soon as the tier system end, because it will go, you know, you still won't be able to meet more than one or two or three people in a pub. But once you're allowed to meet with quite a few people, we would get a few, maybe six, meet in London in a pub for those that can make it and just sort of record a live show together. You know, we'll all, we'll, t- we'll tell them 
whoever's coming. Uh, I'm having the, an Aston Cider. Yeah. If anyone wants to buy me a drink, uh, just get that ready now. Yeah. And why is it Chardonnay? Uh, <laughs> Two fifty milliliters, not one seven five, uh, for me. Uh, but no, we'll we'll get we'll kind of review the show together, and it'll be a, a nice process. But that that is a way off, obviously. So, yeah. but yeah, so twenty twenty one. Really hope it brings all the good things for you. Mars was said. I think you were going to make the point, which I'll I'll make now. That we wondered what you were doing for New Year. So tweet us and, and email us. Let us know. We'll we'll just we'll discuss it in the new year when we start our next show. Um, and I'll always be on email because God goodness knows I've got now else to do. Yeah. If you want to chat, just let me know. And one day in every 27, I check the email as well. <laughs> uh, even though it's on my email account, I don't even check it. No, I do check it really. You're doing whatever you're doing tonight. Hope it goes well. And yeah, I, d- I know you don't you get all kind of like hokey and kind of cliche and things, but I do hope 2021 brings happiness, love, for me, this is no. For, no, I hope I hope 2021 brings you happiness, basically just happiness and uh, and things you want. A penis. What did you say? A penis. A penis. <laughs> yeah, I hope 2021 brings you a little willy. And uh, on that note, we'll say goodbye. Hey, no, 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 no. Wait, I wish we could say goodbye. But uh, one little thing we do have to wrap up, Gaz. Oh yeah. Because I'm bored of talking to you. Um, Is our D Trout Spinners Library. Every week, Gary and I select a song that has got some personal significance or importance or just a song that we like. And we put it into our little Spotify playlist, which I'll put a link into our description. So you can see the new year in with our uh, musical selection. There's a lot of Oasis in there, but there's also other stuff in there. Musicals, Christmas songs, really a whole smorgasbord of different genres. We put in... um the uh theme music to the magic uh, roundabout magic roundabout which it means so do much to us to do. it means nothing to anyone Nine, else eight, seven. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so what are you gonna put in uh i'm gonna go for a song uh came out when i was at school it was huge hit you might think oh was he into that artist not particularly overall but you know it, it was she was of absolute no, gary Claire. She she was she was an absolute phenomenon when she came out. Still is very famous. And this is a classic, brilliantly written. I'm not sure who wrote it, but brilliant pop song. She performs it well. It's um, Britney Spears, "Baby One More Time." Yes, love that song. Great. What's song. yours? What's yours? I have got two because I thought because it's a double episode, I'll put in two songs as well. I, I I didn't I couldn't be bothered to no, do that. No, I don't. So. I, you don't have to. But Britney Spears, that more than makes up for it, because I love Britis. Wonderwall, the cover. Oh yeah, they, they play, because yeah, they do play it in the South set, and I thought it would be sacrilege if we didn't, because as you know, Gary, we've actually had a few listeners saying that they've learned so much from Oasis. From I'm so pleased. That's my favorite comments. That that you know to add. <laughs> it's all he's wanted to do in his life. But so that is a, that is an actual great cover, and um and it, you know it, it's kind of nice to to not put in the original as well. And a, and actually they mention how good it is, and it is. But actually since subsequently after that, I don't know during the last fifteen years at some point, Noel Gallagher has said it is a better version than my version. That's I that's can't agree with that, but that's that's great. That's that's no that's no. That's saying. mad. And actually, wow. If you go to see Noel Gallagher and his High Flying Birds now, he often plays Wonderwall, sings it, 
like that in that arrangement. Really? Yeah, that's how he sings it now. That's mad. Like that. So um, he he really has taken on board that version as like oh, wow. Good he, on him. Well, this. that's that's nice to know. And we we also spoke about it in in our we spoke about it in our Patreon episode. We a uh, lovely listener spoke about Sean Wright, talked about uh, to get our opinions on uh, the Christmas uh, special of The Office. So if you do want to hear those thoughts, do get to head over to Patreon. And we did talk about that final song in in The Office. And, oh. and it is Yazoo, Only You. And I thought yeah. we, couldn't, we couldn't finish 2020 without popping that on our little playlist, could we, really? No, good, good choices there, good choices. So however you're celebrating and seeing in the new year, Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to doing some shows with you in the future, Gary. Absolutely. Well, th- yeah, next year. And uh, have a good New Year's Eve. It's going to be weird. You're going to be doing something different to what you usually do. Well, we're going to be hope- drunk. But I hope you enjoy it. And actually, these shows are going to come out on uh, New Year's Eve. So, yeah, hope, you- hope you're hope doing something better than just listening to this for the whole evening. <laughs> but, um, yeah, whatever you're doing, have a good one. And we'll see you in 2021. Happy New Year!